The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Hi, Joe DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 256. Goes out to my dear mother-in-law who's celebrating her birthday on Saturday. So happy birthday to you. And um, listeners will know uh, who this is talking because I am uh, I actually like my my in-laws. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm not Gumby Vreeland here. So thank you for uh, coming to the show. And this goes out to my mother-in-law. <laughs> yes, I am Jeff Chalks Fox, um, the one that doesn't badmouth his family and, and in-laws <laughs> on air. Thanks for coming to the show. It's been a while, though. So uh, people who... Uh, we'll have to dive back into the archives if you want to hear some Gumby, uh, Gumby fun. Um, this isn't a ripping on your in-law podcast, even though sometimes it is. No, this is a MMA podcast, and this week it's a UFC pay-per-view podcast. They expect us to pay for this pay-per-view. I don't know about that. Um, well, Gumby will will tell us why. Uh, Dana White, the Dana White shield that he has, he will tell us why this is worth our 70 bucks. Um, I should I shouldn't act like I'm I uh, I don't know how much they charge for these things should I that uh, probably gives, <laughs> gives away something but yes um it's a pay-per-view from the T-Mobile Arena in Paradise Nevada UFC 282 is the name of it Blakovich versus Ankalaev yes they are headlining a pay-per-view with these two men so uh, let's bring in the man who I've disparaged plenty in that what two-minute intro it's the man known as Gumby Vreeland hello. I don't see you telling people that I, I talk badly about my in-laws as disparaging. Everybody knows that. So that's, true. That, that's, that's not a disparagement by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, yeah, um, I, look, I, I think if you are somebody who looks for narratives that you, you need to see on a pay-per-view to be like intrigued by things, you're right. This pay-per-view is not worth it. If, if you're looking for like five very competitive fights that are probably hard to call the winner of and should present some sort of level of intrigue and some level of action. Like it does that. Like it is going to give you five good fights. I, I don't see any of them as a one-sided beatdown or any of them as being like the other guy can't win. So no, you know, like it, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. It's, it's worth it in some, some respects and, and other respects. Like, you know, you have a guy who recently lost the title against the guy who wasn't even going to be the challenger. Yep. How about household names, Dan? There's a few. Patty Pimblett's household name. <laughs> Darren Till still is, I guess, too. So, yeah. Yeah, Bryce um, Mitchell is becoming it. Have you... Yeah, um, for the wrong reasons, but yes. I mean... Sometimes some it's good the, reasons. Yeah. Have you ever seen his his uh, commercial for a car dealership? No. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to put that in the Discord while Please. we're recording. In the Discord, um, on the SGPN MMA Twitter account. Put it out there. All right. But anyway, it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my whole life. So uh, maybe maybe you can watch that afterwards. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're despite this being a well-matched up card, I, I agree with Gumby, uh, our, our main main portion of the card. Agree with him there. Oh, we're, we're going to pick winners for you with with ease because that's just what we do around here so we're starting things off with mr bryce mitchell who gummy just 
mentioned, perhaps the best fight on the card, or at least on the on the main portion of the card, maybe outside of the main event. Um, featherweights, Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Topuria. Someone is going to lose their zero in this fight because both these men have zero career losses. I'll tell you about Mitchell first. Thug, nasty, 15-0 with nine submissions, 6-0 in the UFC, 1-1 in the Ultimate Fighter. So there you go. He technically lost a fight. Uh, was a regional champ, 2-0 and on World Series of Fighting. Used to fight at Bantamweight, three inches taller than Topuria, inch of reach on him. Dell struck his UFC opponents by 0.89 strikes per minute, plus 115. Ilya, the El Matador, Topuria. I think that means the Matador. I'm just guessing. Does. Yeah, I Wow, I got it. <laughs> he's 12-0, four knockouts, seven submissions. So every he's finished everyone except one. 4-0 in the UFC. He's won three straight fights via knockout. Used to fight at lightweight, used to fight at bantamweight. He's missed weight before, regional champ, three years younger than Mitchell, more active landing strikes. He's outstruck as a UC opponents by 0.59 strikes per minute. That's a strike differential. Minus 135. I guess I usually start the main card portions of these proceedings. I, I'm going to take Topuria, um, the favorite to, to beat Mitchell. I just think he's more well-rounded fighter. Definitely a, a better, um, better striker with more power. Uh, especially over his past uh, three fights. Very skilled grappler as well. Um, and he's fought a, a higher level of competition. So give me the Matador to send, uh, give Mitchell his first L. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm taking Topuria. I'm a little bit disappointed that the uh, the Bryce Mitchell fans of the world did not blow up his number. Because I, I kind of thought this was going to be a yeah. dog spot for Aaliyah Topuria. And I yep. was disappointed to find out it wasn't. But for all the reasons you said, right? Like the dude hits like a truck. Um, he, he had so that the body shot to Damon Jackson in the sound it made will, will forever ring in my head because it sounded like somebody like popped a bag full of air when, when Damon Jackson got, you know, hit in the ribs. It, and it's just like, he hits so freaking hard, but also he's never been taken down. He's really good at jujitsu when he is on the ground. So, like, man, Bryce Mitchell just doesn't strike me as the type of guy who is going to be able to dominate Aaliyah Tapuria for 15 minutes. Because the other thing is, too, about Bryce Mitchell, and I feel like this needs to be noted because, you know, he is a very good grappler. He's not the best wrestler in the world. He's certainly not the best wrestler in the world. His takedown accuracy is only about 52%. Yeah. And in addition to that, he's not particularly strong at finishing people. I know we like consider him this like fun submission artist because he hit that twister on Matt Salis, but like he's got one finish in six UFC fights. And that includes fights against Tyler Diamond and Bobby Moffitt and Charles Rosa. And, and like, if he is some sort of like wizard on the mat, he should be finishing. I mean, he should be finishing Edson Barboza, right? Like he did beat up Edson Barboza and control Edson Barboza, but like, if he's a submission whiz, he should be able to finish him. So knowing that he hasn't had a lot of finishes on the mat, I just don't know that he's going to be able to spend 15 minutes with Aaliyah Tapuria and dominate for all 15 of those minutes. You know what I mean by that? Yep. I just, I see him just like desperately going for takedowns and not doing very well with that. Cause, uh, I don't think he's going to like how it goes on the feet. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think this is going to be really nasty for him on the feet. You know it's not nasty, Dan. Win bet. Yes. Win bet. <laughs> Ready win money and booster odds. Win bet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, 
Tennessee and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet. Build your own bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough embed is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, we agreed on the first one. Let's see how we do on the second. Middleweights, Darren Till versus Dreykus Duplesis. Yes, Darren Till still fights in the UFC. Darren, the gorilla Till. And as of now, he's hasn't pulled out of the fight yet as of recording. So there you go. Um, that's the farthest he's made it in, in quite a while. Um <laughs> He's 18-4-1, Mr. Till. 10 knockouts, 2 submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. 6-4-1 in the UFC. He's lost 2 straight fights, and he's only won 1 of his last 5. Uh, he lost his last fight via submission, which was back in September of 2021. Uh, he's, he's not won a fight since November of 2019, so it has been a while. Now, he used to fight at welterweight, missed weight twice. Now he's a middleweight. Um, he's a grill, after all. Wasn't he going to win a belt at welterweight, win a belt at middleweight? When about it, light heavyweight wasn't that the plan? That's the way people like talked that. about him for sure. <laughs> he was a Muay Thai champion before this. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.76 strikes per minute, plus 155. DDP depletes still knocks is the nickname. We still don't know what that means, right? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Why has he not been on your on your podcast, Dan? Uh, I think the time difference between where I live in South Africa is difficult. Thought you were going to say you don't speak South African. I uh, I don't language. believe that to be a language, nor do I speak <laughs> <It's> it. Correct. <laughs> correct. It is not, and you do not speak it. Correct. Uh, Duplice is 17 and 2. Seven knockouts, nine submissions. So he's finished everyone except one person. He's been finished in both of his losses. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. So he's gotten the distance once, is what I'm trying to say. 3-0 in the UFC. It's part of a five-fight winning streak. He's not lost since October of 2018. He used to fight out welterweight. He was the EFC champion two times over. We have three EFC, former EFC champions on this card. Are they all, like, coached by the same person? Do you know? Is that why they're all showing up on the same card? So I know Simon and uh, Dreykus Duplesis are. Who's the okay. third EFC champion? Third one was uh, Dolce. Dolce, Dolce champion. Yeah. yeah, he was actually a dual champion now that I think about it. He was light yes, heavyweight was. and heavyweight. Yep. Yes. Um. All right. Duplice is also was a KSW champion, so he should be nicknamed champion, not still Knox, because that means nothing to us. Uh, he's an inch taller than Till, two inches of reach, two years younger. He's almost three times more active landing strikes uh, in the UFC than Till is. He's outstruck his opponents in the UFC by 2.32 strikes per minute. Very nice number there. Grappling stats are also better than Till's, minus 185. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm going Duplice. I, I just Obviously. don't know how- I just don't know how much more we can trust Darren Till. And don't get me wrong, he, he, he's, you know, I, I think we kind of unfairly looking back at his two-fight losing streak here, Robert Whitaker, Derek Brunson, th- those are tough losses. And they largely beat him by grappling. But here's the thing. I, I don't know that Duplices couldn't beat him that way. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think Duplices could almost beat him that way. And he he went toe-to-toe on the feet with Calvin Gastelum in his other fight in and Calvin Gaslam, by a lot of people's count, beat him, uh, which is 
not a pretty thing as far as your striking goes. Like, you shouldn't be losing a striking battle to, to Calvin Gastelum. Uh, but Dreykus Duplices, in addition to that, he hits so hard. He's faster. He's younger. He's going to be the more polished guy. Because I, I just don't know what this layoff means for Till with all of these injuries and the mix-up in training. And he's been training 950 different places. Yeah, get, give me the consistency of Duplices. And uh, I, I think he gets done here. Yeah, I'm obviously taking DDP as well. Yeah, Till, you can't trust him until you see what he uh, he looks like in the cage. I'm probably downplaying his his whole career and how good he is um, more than I should. So maybe he'll make me pay for these words uh, come Saturday. But um, yeah, Duplice is really good, though. It's not like he's coming in uh, with a tune-up fight. He's fighting someone that's super bigger, younger, better striker, better grappler, a finisher. Um, there's... A lot of guys, uh, most most guys, I would pick uh, to please us to be in the uh, in the middleweight division. So, um, especially a, a Dusty, Rusty, Darren Till. So, I like kind of like his number too, minus one eighty five for Duplices. Not not too shabby. No, that's not terrible. We shall see if it shows up later in our recommended place. We shall see. All right, this fight is a catchweight fight. It is a very much a last minute fight. One hundred eighty pounds. Alex Morono versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Um, we'll tell you about. The uh, great white Morono first, 22 and seven with one no contest, six knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice. He's taken this fight in five days notice. He's 11 and four with one no contest in the UFC. He's won four straight in five of six. He has not lost a fight since December, 2020. He was the legacy FC champion before. Used to fight at middleweight. 2010 was his pro MMA debut. Four years younger than Ponzinibbio. Striking stats are in his favor over Ponzinibbio. He has outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.35 strikes per minute, plus 155. And he is filling in for an injured Robbie Lawler. Um, Ponzinibbio, the Argentine dagger, or Gente Boa, which means what? I can't remember what that means again. Good good man? Yeah, what's with all these good guys, good men, golden boys? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get to the end of it. All right, he's 28 and 6, Ponzinibbio. 15 knockouts, 6 submissions. He's been knocked out three times, 10 and 5 in the UFC. He's lost two straight. He's won one of his last four. He went 4 and 0 on the Ultimate Fighter. 2008 was his problem May debut. He's inch taller, inch of reach on Morono. Plus two, three strikes per minute. So he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.23 strikes per minute um, over his career. He's got better grappling stats than Morono, minus 185. Interned on it. Yeah, it means good person. Okay. Yeah, are you picking guy. the good person or are you picking the great white here? It's your you're leading off on this one, homie. Oh, that's right. All right. I'm taking <laughs> I'm going against my stats, Dan. Uh that that's a don't pick short notice fighters. Short notice fighters are only winning thirty-seven percent of the time over the past couple of years and thirty-one percent of the time this this year. But despite that, I'm I'm taking Alex Morano. I especially like it that I'm getting dog money here. The fact that it's a higher weight, uh then 170 uh, means he it's it's going to favor him because uh, it means he is not going to be able to cut not going to have to cut all the way down to 170. So that's a plus. He's younger than Ponzinibbio. That's a plus. Uh, he's on a nice streak. That's a plus. Ponzinibbio just hasn't looked the same since he came back. He, he missed what sat out from the end of 2018 to early 2021. Since that time, he's gone one and three. He just not looked like the top contender he was before that. Huge layoff. So give me Morano and the plus money, and hopefully he's one of the 30% uh, of the people that pull through in these situations. Yeah, so first of all, I would say 
I I really did think about taking Alex Morano here, but I'm not gonna. Oh, and, I thought you and, were. You know, I really thought I was going to too. Uh, in fact, even if you asked me this morning, I was taking Alex Morano. But the more and more I thought about it, the, the short notice worries me, and it worries me in a couple of different ways. Um, obviously, the the short notice is is always an alarm. The fact that he can't make the weight. Uh, also kind of an alarm because I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what he would have had to cut, what what he is still going to have to cut and all of that kind of stuff. And, and here's the other thing about Murano is like Murano is a guy who tries to put a pace on you and tries to wear you out and tries to like, you know, go toe to toe with you and make you fight a dirty, gritty fight. I mean, if you look at that fight with Sam Ellsberger that he won you know, he, he threw a hundred plus punches in, in grinded against the cage with Sam Ilsberger. And, you know, you could say the same thing with his fight with Mickey Gall. He really wore Mickey Gall out. But the problem is, is now he's fighting a guy in Ponzinibbio who, first of all, has pretty good cardio. You look at that fight with, with Michelle Pereira, he, he arguably won that fight. I mean, it was a split decision with Michelle Pereira, which is, you know, n- nothing to be ashamed of at this point in time. I scored it for Pereira, that being said, but like, there's there's no problem with scoring that fight for Ponzinibbio at the end of the day. And it, he won the last round. That's the fact of the matter. He definitely won the last round and maybe the second. So he gets better as it goes. And now you're telling me he doesn't have to cut the last 10 pounds. A guy who hits like a truck now doesn't have to cut weight as much as more. Like, I, I actually think it's a benefit for Santiago Ponzinibbio that this comes in at 180, not a benefit for Murano. So the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I decided, yeah, I, I think I got to go chalk here. Well, there you go. Now you've heard both sides of the argument here. Um, this is like another Freaky Friday situation. Dan, you're being me and I'm being you. I'm going against my stats and you're you're leaning into them. So Yeah, it, they seem right this time, though. And I'm taking the <laughs> underdog, too, for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah. We, we shall see come Saturday night. All right. Co-main event. It must be co-main event time. Jared Gordon's in it, right? He's, Jared Gordon's a lot of fun to watch. I No, <laughs> I, I enjoy Jared Gordon. He's just he's not a pay-per-view co-main eventer. That's all. Then you have um, lightweights. Patty Pimblett. Is he really a co-main eventer at this point? Not based. I think he's, of... a, he's. If you put him on a fight night card, he's a main eventer. Yeah, that's true. Um, Patty Pimblett versus Jared Gordon. Obviously, Dan is a big Patty Pimblett fan, um, as as longtime listeners know. Um, all right, Flash Gordon first, nineteen and five, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out four times, submitted once, so he's been finishing all of his losses. Seven and four in the UFC. He's won four of his last five, including his last fight. Used to fight at featherweight. He's missed weight twice. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Right. 2011 was his pro MMA debut. He's got striking stats are in his favor over Pimblet, and he's more active landing strikes as well. He's got a very good strike differential in the UFC. 2.42 strikes per minute. He outstrikes his opponents. Plus 210. Patty the Batty Pimblet, a.k.a. Owen Hart. 19-3. Six knockouts, nine submissions. He's been submitted one time. Three and all in the UFC, all via finish. It's part of a five-fight winning streak. He's not lost since September 2018. He was a Cage Warriors champion. Also was a regional champion. He's fed at featherweight and bantamweight. Hard to imagine now um, the way he balloons uh, up after after each fight. He's missed weight twice in the past, um, as just like Gordon. 2012 was his pro MMA debut. He's got an inch of height, five inches of reach. On Gordon, seven years younger, he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.19 strikes per minute. Grappling stats are better than Gordon's, and minus 260. Now it's your turn. Uh, Jared Gordon. Yeah, I figured. Jer- I figured you do that because you Jer- hate Jer- Pimblet. It, but it's it's not even 
it's not even that I hate Patty Pimpley. Do I think the shtick is kind of annoying? For sure. I think the shtick's kind of annoying. But, like, the fact of the matter is, is, like, I do think we are wildly conflating how good this guy is. Do you do you want to guess his takedown accuracy off the top of your head? Did Probably not he, very good. 28%, man. 28%. Yeah. It's atrocious. And not for anything, he, he isn't good at defending takedowns either. You know, like, he, he's coming off of that fight with Jordan Levitt. Jordan Levitt went three and nine. Okay, maybe not the best percentage ever for Jordan Levitt. Do you know what Jordan Levitt did against Trey Ogden? First of all, do you do you know Trey Ogden? Yes, I do. Okay, do you know what he did against Trey Ogden? Tell me, Dan. What did o, he do? Oh, and three. Oh, and three he w- did against Trey Ogden. He could not take Trey Ogden down. He took Patty Pimblett down three times. You know, he he could not barely take down Matt Salis. You know, he had to have Matt Salis take him down to wind up being on the top. So, like, you're telling me now that he's, you know, we've got him going into a fight against Jared Gordon, who is pretty damn good on the mat. You know, like, you take away that fight with, with Grant Dawson, who took him down a bunch of times. Jared Gordon defends a takedown very well. And Jared Gordon's not bad on top. He took down Chris Fishgold a bunch of times and, and ground and pounded him out. So, like, could Patty Pimblett wind up on top here and wind up getting a finish? Maybe, but, like, I don't trust his hands enough to pick him to win a striking match here. I don't think his grappling's good enough here for me to think that, like, Jared Gordon isn't a massive step over Jordan Levitt or Luigi Vendramini. So, like, yeah, I, I think if, at the very least here, Jared Gordon gives him one of the most brutal fights he's ever been in. Yeah, this is definitely a big step up, up for him. He's He's been given... Pretty easy matchups, very easy matchups so far over the UFC. I'm not impressed by him at all. Just like you, uh, I'm still picking him here. Uh, I don't think he should be minus 260. Uh, I'm going to take, um, I'm taking him big size advantage and, and youth advantage, which matters at, at the lower weight classes. Um, I think he's better than Alex. Uh, nah, what's his name again? Flash Gordon. Uh, I think he's better than him, but he's not minus 260 better than him. So I, I wouldn't be shocked in the least if Jordan Gooden, Gooden, Gordon, Gooden got cut. Jared Gooden got cut. <laughs> Jared Gordon um, wouldn't be shocked at all if Jared Gordon uh, reigns on the Paddy the Baddy parade. But I'm picking Pimblet anyhow. I'm just not re- making a recommended play. That's for sure. So, all right. Main event, light heavyweight championship. Jan Blakovich, the former champ versus Megamed Ankalaev, another fighter that Dan used to hate. I don't think you hate him quite as much now, right? I, I don't think I ever hated him. Or I you just were annoyed don't... by him or something. I don't think I believed in the hype quite right, the way right, other right. people do. Yeah, yeah like Pimblet. Maybe Pimblet will win you over too. Yeah, and and at least with with Pimblet, Pimblet, there's like a little bit of like can't stand the shtick. There isn't really a shtick with Magomed Ankle. No. <laughs> nope. And uh, uh, let me see. What can I tell you? Who should I tell you about first? How about Black Blackovitz first? Twenty nine and nine, nine knockouts, nine submissions. Been knocked out twice, submitted twice. He is twelve and six in the UFC. He's gone six and one over his last seven fights. He won his last fight via TKO injury. Um, used to be the champion, as I said, was also the KSW champion, also a Muay Thai champion and a grappling champion. He his nickname should be champion. Two, 2007 was his pro MMA debut. He's got three inches of reach on Ankalaev. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.78 strikes per minute. His grappling stats are better than Ankalaev's as well, plus 225. Magomed Ankalaev, 18 1, 10 knockouts. He's been submitted one time, the only time he's lost. 9-1 in the UFC. He lost his debut and has won nine straight. 
won his last fight via TKO. He's not lost since March of 2018. Was a regional champ. Inch taller than Vlakovic. Nine years younger than him. Striking stats in his favor over him. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by a strike and a half per minute. Minus 280. Um, as I wrote, I think this line is a little screwy. I'm taking Ankaliyev. I don't think he should be a minus 280 favorite here. Um, way younger, which matters. Blakovich is really getting up there in years, plus in uh, wear on and tread on his tires. He's had twice as many fights, uh, just in MMA alone, than um, Ankaliyev, not counting all the other things that Tochi also is a champion on. Um, I'll, I'll take the younger fighter, um, more powerful striker, better striker. All this Polish power that Blakovich uh, claims to have really doesn't uh pan out he's got nine knockouts in what uh 38 fights so yeah that, there's not much power there really ankalev is is a more powerful striker um and he is my pick yeah so th- first of all that's just fundamentally not true uh he he's not a more powerful striker in any stretch of the imagination um his only like standing knockouts are against like ian kudalaba or marching Procneo. Uh, and, and any other of his his finishes are all grounded pounds um, for the most part. Like Magomed Ankalaev is not, I don't think, powerful on the feet, and certainly not more powerful on the feet than Jan Blakovich. And uh, yeah, you're, you're biting into the Polish power nonsense. Well, I, I'm not saying he he's like some ungodly strength on the feet, but like you know, you you mentioned he he didn't have very many knockouts in his career, but that's because if you go back and you look at the early parts of his career, he was a grappler. He, he was a guy who won by rear naked choke like seven or eight times in a row or something like that. But like, if you look at all of his knockouts in the UFC, all of them are insane power. It's a body kick that just crumpled Ilir Latifi. It is a, you know, left hook that made Luke Rockhold's head turn all the way around. It's a right hook that dropped Corey Anderson in an absolutely brutal way. You know, like what he did to Dominic Reyes is vicious. And, at the end of all of this, too, I think we're forgetting that, like, this is most likely going to be a striking match. This isn't like one of these guys has, like, a huge grappling advantage over the other guy. Because I know his last name ends in O-V or A-E-V in this case. A- and uh, yeah, yeah, A-E-V. And, and that automatically means that we assume he's a grappler. He's not a great grappler. You know, a- apart from, you know, a-, a takedown against Tiago Santos, this is a dude who went... One of four against Vulcan Ozdemir, who is, I personally don't think of as being all that great of a grappler. You know, he went three of nine against Nikita Krylov and got taken down by Nikita Krylov. I actually think that if you wound up seeing anybody score a takedown in this fight, it might be Jan Blankovic. Um, The guy who took Israel Adesanya down flawlessly as much as he wanted to. He actually had a higher success rate in taking down Nikita Krylov. And he submitted Nikita Krylov, which Magomed Ankalaev didn't do. So, yeah, like, I, I'm i going to dispute the idea that Ankalaev somehow has more power on the feet. I did think that's just categorically false. Um, and in addition to that, I, I think Blankovic just dominates on the feet here. How many head kick and punches uh, does uh, Ankalaev have to have on his resume? He's what? What does he got? One? No. <laughs> Prochnio, head kick and punches. Dolce, front kick and punches. Kudalaba, head kick and punches. Kudalaba, KO punches. The, so, so yeah, you're right. He did knock out Eon Kudalaba like three times in a row. 
but still, yeah, it's true. And one of those, guy? he's green those, he gets, when he gets mad. And one of those, by the way, Ian Kudalaba wasn't out. He was still throwing punches, and the ref stopped it. That's why they. Like, that's why they fought again. Yeah, that's why they fought again, despite the fact they didn't feel like they fought again. Um, and and I don't know if you've noticed on Ian Kudalaba's record, not a lot of good things happening. On that <laughs> All right, so you're picking Blackovitz at plus two twenty five. Oh, Gumby, I'm, fu- I'm fundamentally wrong, though. Everyone, remember this. Come, Saturday I'm not night. saying. Look, I'm not saying he can't win. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying your statement about him being a more powerful striker is false. Well, we'll have to get punched by both men, and we'll see. Okay, <laughs> you you go first. <laughs> All right. So the picks: Gumby's got Blakovic. I got Ankalaev. I have Pimblet. He has Gordon. He has Ponzinibbio. I have Morono. We both agreed on Duplessis. We both agreed on Tapuria. So a lot of dissension, dissension on this. You're, you're basically it's good. You're getting both sides of, of the argument on, on uh, for those fights. You choose who who you agree with. If you want to know our, our yearly stats, just you know hit me up. Uh, and I, I can tell you who's who's uh, leading with uh, most correct picks and yeah, most on this year. Ask them about well. the last couple of months while you're at it. Do that as well. All right, you ready for a recommended place? Yeah, I'm I'm ready for yours. Yeah. You want you want me to start? or You want to start? Um. I always make uh, you start. I can. Start I mean, I can, Yeah, I can. I can start. I can start. I'm gonna Let's start go. by taking the Aaliyah Tapuria money line. Okay. Uh, negative 135. I like that one for, uh, we'll say of my imaginary 100 bucks, I'll take that one for 30. 30 to Peria. All right. Got it. Um, boom, 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 boom. What I said. Oh, to places. I like to places this number. Uh, 30 on DDP money line minus 185. And you said 30? Yep, please. And thank All you. Right. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take 20. I'm going to take 25 bucks and put it on Jan Blakovich. Dude, he's such a jerk. I, dude, I think he's going to knock him out. I, you know what? I was going to say, like, hey, uh, you know, and, and if you guys are at home and you had a good night and you get to the main event and yeah. you're thinking to yourself, like, mm, how can I make this Jan Blakovich fight a little juicier? His KO prop is plus 550. Just saying. Yeah, the numbers are really skewed in this fight. Like, um, definitely the if you're if you're better who goes for value picks he's definitely he's definitely picking in that fight even money line plus 225 or or the knockout line because he's got polish power after all all right um my next recommended play will be no that's too too big i try not to do dogs um i like salvador Minus two fifteen over De Silva. Give me um, twenty five on that. All right, uh, I'm gonna go next to a, a prop I like. So I, I like, uh, you know, I mentioned already. I like Jared Gordon in this fight, and I like Jared Gordon quite a bit. I believe you quoted me somewhere right around plus two hundred, which I think already, yeah, two ten. That that's a great price already. But here's the fact of the matter: Jared Gordon not finishing a lot of dudes lately. In fact. All five of his last six of his last wins have come by decision. So I'm going to take Jared Gordon, but I'm going to tell you to prop it up by getting a decision in here. By doing that, you're taking plus 210 and you're turning it into plus 450. So if you're betting on Gordon in the first place, you might as well bet him on decision. And I'm going to take 20 bucks on that. All right. Um, I will take another 25 on Tapuria Moneyline as, as Gumby did earlier. Okay. And what did, how much did you want on that? Again? 25 on that, please. I'm having All trouble right. finding plays I really like this week, but. 
Oh, I, I got a full drawn. I've got too many that I like. It's well, you give me some then. So, uh, so I, I'm this next one. I'm gonna split into two. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna give you both of them at the same time because it's two right. plays on the same exact fight. I'm gonna take Jay Perrin and I'm gonna put a little on his money line to start. So I'm gonna start by putting ten bucks on his money line. But instead of putting everything I was going to put on his money line, which was just fifteen bucks, uh, I'm gonna take ten on his money line and then I'm gonna sprinkle in there five bucks on him to win by submission. Uh, I could definitely see Raul Rosas giving up a position he shouldn't give up. I think a lot of people forget that when Jay Perrin was on the regional scene, the dude was like a submission wizard. You know, he's got like tons of rear naked chokes on his record. And if he just, I mean, if he just tires Raul Rosas out or, you know, just does what he's supposed to do, keeps good positions, gets the choke late, the the submission finish for Jay Perrin is plus 1,200. Uh, so I'm just going to put, yeah, I'm just going to put five bucks on him plus 1200 there too. Cause now if, if he wins, it covers the loss of, of missing out on the submission. And if he hits the submission, it, you know, it pays a huge amount. It sure does. All right. Um, I've got 20 left. Let's put the last 20 on. Um, boom, 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 boom. All right. Let's, let's put the last 20 on Shabazian. I'm counting on him uh, bouncing back, even if, like as we said on yesterday's episode, even if, if he doesn't fully bounce back, I think he's should be able to beat Dolce regardless. So I know it's minus 305, but I will put 20 bucks on Shabazian, uh, not the sexiest of lines. All right, Gumby, he's got Tapuria money line. Oh, uh, hang on, I still got 10 bucks. You have money left? Oh my your, gosh. Your math, your math good. isn't very good. Uh, yes. But but yeah, I still got 10 bucks left. I'm going to throw that on one more uh, fun prop I like. I like Steven Kozlo's submission line. Uh, in fighting on the curtain jerker against Cameron Simon, six and zero with six submissions, and for some reason I can get his submission line at plus seven hundred. So give me my last ten bucks on a uh, submission from the submission specialist. Ooh, if some of these come through, finally Gumby's going to be laughing us out of here. All right, so he, Gumby's got Tapuria money line, Blakovich money line, Gordon money line, Perrin money line, and Perrin via sub, two separate picks. And then Coswell. Gordon by decision, by the way. Gordon by decision. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Gordon by decision. Yeah, that made it, that juiced it up for you a bit. All right. Gordon by decision. That's 450. And then, um, yeah, uh, Perrin decision. No, uh, Perrin to win. And then also Perrin to win via sub. Two separate bets. And then Coslow via sub. My picks are DDP, uh, Drakus Duplices, Moneyline, Tapuria, Moneyline, Salvador, Moneyline, Shabazian, Moneyline. Now time for our Hungry Man Jong Superfan Parlay. So uh, in the... End of the prelim show, we talked about two guys who who we liked their knockout chances. So I'm going to take both of them on the knockout props. Billy Quarantillo, uh, we mentioned, you know, he's got a couple of recent knockouts. Alexander Hernandez's chin hasn't looked real great. He'll be coming down a weight. Even if he's not necessarily getting the, like, big one-punch knockout, I totally could see him just getting, like, a TKO ground and pound finish here. Uh, so right now, Billy Q by KO plus 330. Um, so I'm going to pair that together. With Chris Curtis's money line or uh, Chris Curtis's KO line, uh, which is coming out at na- or uh, plus two seventy five, so you got plus two thirty, plus two seventy five. Um, put those two together, you're gonna get plus fifteen thirty four. I think there's a good chance both of those score knockouts. All right, Billy Q and Chris Curtis via knockout. Take those two, you win fifty plus fifteen thirty four. That's some big money, and it's sure to hit. It's just bound to hit. All right, um, that's it for us. We will be back in your Sunday to recap 
UFC and Bellator and whatever else we feel like talking about. Until then, make sure you get in their Discord and you can chat about all the all the action and all the picks. Uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. On Twitter, SGPNMMA. Gumby runs that account. He's also at Gumby Reeland. I am at Jeff Fox Writer. All the writing on various sports and everybody else's writings on various sports are at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, enter my pick em contest and read my MMA writing. Subscribe to my Substack at moneymma.substack.com and listen to Gumby's Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. He's got Billy Quarantillo and he's got Jay Perrin. Yes, you got Jay Perrin. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, and like I said, we'll be back on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Gumby's going to take you home. All right, I'm Dana Gumby Freeland. He's still not Jeff Fox, and we will see you on Sunday. <laughs>